0: Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Father Eric Teas, the pastor of St. Patrick's Catholic Community in Scottsdale, Arizona, and welcome to the Catholic Mass. Just a little housekeeping, as we usually do at the liturgies here at St. Patrick's, to inspire people to prepare to celebrate well these sacred mysteries. First of all, thank you for everyone who's been viewing our Mass over YouTube and Facebook and other uh, social media outlets. Right now, we're averaging about over 7,000 views of people uh, participating in the Mass. Many of them are parishioners, and we're hearing from a lot of people who are grateful, including those who used to be parishioners and still have a fondness for our parish, as well as our winter visitors or those who know about our parish. So, The word's really getting out a lot, and we're just very grateful for your uh, kindness and for your support as we gather together and pray during these unique times. A couple of things I think we kind of want to remember about is that as we are participating in the Mass, that it is really a time of prayer. So I think we really kind of watch our posture, be sure that we're really fully engaged in the best way uh, possible so that it's a form of prayer. So We just encourage you to do that. If you ever feel like kneeling or you need to stand at appropriate times, we'll invite you to do that. And that way, you're engaging uh, with your, not only your mind, your hearts, but your body postures as well that really give praise and thanks to God. A lot of things are happening all in the parish. The parish is still open. We are contacting people or being contacted by people by email, by telephone, and we're still available for uh, funerals that are coming necessary and other things that uh, we're able to provide as well. So you can still contact us. Our call center of reaching out, having uh, staff and parishioners call on behalf of our parish, especially starting with our seniors and the most vulnerable. How are they doing? Any needs that they have that we're still in contact with them as well. The staff is still gathering together on a daily basis through the weekday through Zoom. So a lot of meetings, a lot of great stories that we're preparing and wanting to share with you over time of powerful things that are happening in our parish. We're just talking, and one of the things we're most happy about is our youth ministry, our entire ministry. They're geared for this technology, huh? Us older guys are still a little behind the times, but our youth ministry is doing amazing things where teens are gathering together in Zoom in large numbers and talking about faith and sharing. And I was just told also by one of our youth ministers that they're also inviting people who are not Catholic or not part of the parish or may not know God completely to be part of that, to support and encourage one another and helping our young people also to take seriously about staying at home and doing things for the common good. Uh, people are still offering gifts. That's amazing. From, I was notified from March 13th until recently, 72 new people have signed up for online giving or giving in some particular way. And over half have said they are going to continue to give uh, on a continual basis. So people are giving. A powerful story that I just heard from one of our staff people who has a relationship with someone in the parish, elderly, on a fixed income, has just received her stimulus check, And she's giving that entirely to the parish to help meet the payroll of the staff that is still busy. That's a powerful story of giving and of sacrifice. And there are many other stories of people giving and being generous during this time. So we just thank you for being able to give online or mail in your gifts using your envelopes or offering your gifts on this continual basis. It allows the parish to continue to function, to provide this Mass but also to do amazing things that are happening behind the scenes already of reaching out in one-on-one contact. So again, we thank you ahead of time. We are now entering what is called Palm Sunday, but uh, really the church also calls this Passion Sunday. And a lot of people come hoping to receive palms, but we know that's not going to be realistic today. But our emphasis really is on the Passion, and it's an entrance into Holy Week. We wear liturgical color red at this time. This vestment means a lot to me because, first of all, it was given to me as a gift recently by the coaches at Sunny Slope High School where I coach football, hopefully entering my 13th season, coming up this football season. And so this means a lot to me that they have, uh, the people that I coach with, the family of the Vikings at Sunny Slope, uh, gave this to me. It means everything to me. Along with the Zia, it's a sign of the state of New Mexico from the Pueblo, Uh, area, and my mom's from Lordsburg, New Mexico. I was formed and shaped in the beginning of the seminary in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So you can either blame or thank Santa Fe for how the parish is operating here at St. Patrick's. But uh, this means a lot to me, and glad to be here with you. David Barker, who is a professor of the theater at Arizona State University, go Sun Devils, are He will be here to proclaim the passion today. He's visited us in the past, and he will be here today as the focus uh, on this Passion Sunday, as well as we call it Palm Sunday, is on the passion. Thank you for joining us. We're about ready to begin, and so we just ask you, as we do here at St. Patrick's all the time, that we have some silence just for a moment. Let's prepare ourselves to know that in public prayer, even through technology, that we gather together for the common good that Christ within us is shown in our actions and behaviors towards our brothers and sisters. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Dear brothers and sisters, since the beginning of Lent until now, we have prepared our hearts by penance and charitable works. Today we gather together to herald with the whole world the beginning of the celebration of our Lord's Paschal mystery, that is to say, of his passion and resurrection, for it was to accomplish this mystery that he entered into his own city of Jerusalem. Therefore, with all faith and devotion, let us commemorate the Lord's entry into the city for our salvation following in his footsteps, so that being made by his grace partakers of the cross, we may have a share also in his resurrection and in his life. Six days before the Passover, when the Lord came into the city of Jerusalem, his children ran to meet him. In their hands they carried palm branches, and with it loud voice cried out, "Hosanna in the highest, blessed are you who have come into your with your abundant mercy, O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher, ancient doors, let him enter the king of glory, who is this king of glory? He, the Lord of hosts, is the king of glory, Hosanna in the highest, blessed are you." who have come into your abundant mercy.
2: Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna, Hosanna to the King of Kings. Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son Hosanna, hosanna to the King of kings. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up ancient doors so the King may enter in king of glory. Who is this king of glory? The Lord who is mighty and strong. The Lord of hosts, the mighty one, the king of glory. Hosanna, hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna, hosanna to the king of kings. Hosanna Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna, Hosanna to the King of kings. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
1: On this Palm Sunday of the Passion of the Lord, Let us now gather all our prayers into one. Ever-living God, who is an example of humility for the human race, to follow caused our Savior to take flesh and submit to the cross. Graciously grant that we may heed his lesson of patient suffering so as to share in the resurrection. Who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Let us now be attentive to God's word.
0: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I might know how to speak to the weary, a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning, he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. The word of the Lord.
2: like their heads he relied on the lord let him deliver him let him rescue him if help, hasten to aid me, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I will proclaim your name to my brethren, in the midst of the assembly I will praise you You who fear the Lord, praise him, all you descendants of Jacob, give glory to him, revere him, all you descendants of Israel.
0: A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance. He humbled himself becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord.
2: Thanks Thanks be to God. God.
1: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading of the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory Glory to to you, you, O Lord.
3: One of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that time on, he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him the teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house, I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the 12. And while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. (laughs) Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply surely it is not I Rabbi he answered you have said so while they were eating Jesus took bread said the blessing broke it and giving it to his disciples said take and eat this is my body Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed on behalf of many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, From now on I shall not drink this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you, new in the kingdom of my Father.
2: When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death O Lord, until you come again.
3: Then after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, This night all of you will have your faith in me shaken, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be dispersed. But after I have been raised up, I shall go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him in reply, though all may have their faith in you shaken, mine will never be. Jesus said to him, Amen. I say to you, this very night before the cock crows you will deny me three times Peter said even though I should have to die with you I would not deny you and all the disciples spoke likewise then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples sit here while I go over there and pray. He took along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to the death. Remain here and keep watch with me. he advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer, saying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, So you could not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak.
2: Stay with me. Remain here with me. Watch
3: Drawing a second time, he prayed again, my father, if it is not possible that this cup pass without my drinking it, your will be done. Then he returned once more and found them asleep, for they could not keep their eyes open. He left them and withdrew again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand when the Son of Man is to be handed over to sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who had come from the chief priests. And the elders of the people, his betrayer, had arranged a sign with them, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one Arrest him. Immediately, he went over to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus answered him, Friend, do what you have come for. Then, stepping forward, they laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. And behold, One of those who accompanied Jesus put his hand to his sword, drew it, and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its sheath, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think I cannot call upon my Father and He will not provide me at this moment with more than 12 legions of angels? But then, how would the Scriptures be fulfilled which say that it must come to pass in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, You have come out as against a robber? with swords and clubs to seize me. Day after day I sat teaching in the temple area, yet you did not arrest me. But all this has come to pass, that the writings of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. who had arrested Jesus, led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Peter was following him at a distance as far as the high priest's courtyard. And going inside, he sat down with the servants to see the outcome. The chief priests and the entire Sanhedrin kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus, in order to put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward who stated, This man said, I can destroy the temple of God and within three days rebuild it. The high priest rose and addressed him, Have you no answer? What are these men testifying against you? But Jesus was silent. Then the high priest said to him, I order you to tell us under oath before the living God whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him in reply, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. What further need have we of witnesses? Have you now heard the blasphemy? What is your opinion? They said in reply, He deserves to die. Then they spat in his face and struck him, while some slapped him saying prophesy for us Christ who is it that struck you now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard one of the maids came over to him and said you too were with Jesus the Galilean but he denied it in front of everyone saying I do not know what you're talking about As he went out to the gate, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this man was with Jesus, the Nazarene. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came over and said to Peter, surely you too are one of them. Even your speech gives you away. At that, he began to curse and to answer, I do not know the man. And immediately, a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and began to weep bitterly.
2: No greater love have we seen before than to lay down your life for a friend. Your sacrifice brings eternal life. This gift that you freely give, no greater love.
3: When it was morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. The governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, deeply regretted what he had done. He returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? Look to it yourself. Flinging the money into the temple he departed and went off and hanged himself. The chief priests gathered up the money but said, it is not lawful to deposit this in the temple treasury for it is the price of blood. After consultation, they used it to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why that field, even today, is called the field of blood. Then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah, the prophet. And they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of a man with a price on his head, a price set by some of the Israelites, and they paid it out for the potter's field, just as the Lord had commanded me. Now, Jesus stood before the governor And he questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You say so. And when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they are testifying? Against you, But he did not answer him one word, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now, on the occasion of the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the crowd one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had assembled, Pilate said to them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had handed him over. While he was still seated on the bench, his wife sent him a message. Have it nothing to do with that righteous man? I suffered much in a dream today because of him. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas but to destroy Jesus. The governor said to them in reply, Which one of the two do you want me to release to you? They answered, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus called Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. But he said, why? What evil has he done? They only shouted louder, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he was not succeeding at all, but that a riot was breaking out instead, he took water and he washed his hands in the sight of the crowd saying I am innocent of this man's blood look to it yourselves and the whole people said in reply his blood be upon us and upon our children then he released Barabbas to them But after he had Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. No
2: greater love have we seen before than to lay down your life for a friend. Your sacrifice Brings eternal life, this gift that you freely give, no greater love.
3: Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus inside the praetorium and gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped off his clothes and threw a scarlet military cloak about him. Weaving a crown out of thorns, they placed it on his head, and a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat upon him, and took the reed, and kept striking him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the cloak, dressed him in his own clothes and led him off to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a Syrian named Simon. This man they pressed into service to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he had tasted it, he refused to drink. After they had crucified Him, they divided His garments by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over Him there. And they placed over His head the written charge against Him. This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with Him one on his right and the other on his left. Those passing by reviled him, shaking their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself! If you are the Son of God and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests and with the scribes and the elders, mocked him and said, he saved others. He cannot save himself, so he is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he wants him, for he said, I am the son of God. The revolutionaries who were crucified with him also kept abusing him in the same way.
2: Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom.
3: From noon onward, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lema which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it said, this one is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran to get a sponge. He soaked it in wine and putting it on the reed, gave it to him to drink. But the rest said, wait. Let us see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again in a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, rocks were split, tombs were opened, and the bodies of many saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming forth from their tombs. After his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many, the centurion and the men with him, who were keeping watch over Jesus, feared greatly when they saw the earthquake and all that was happening. And they said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to Him. Among them, were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea called Joseph, who was himself a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be handed over. Taking the body, Joseph wrapped it in clean linen and laid it in his new tomb that he had hewn in the rock. Then he rolled a huge stone across the entrance to the tomb and departed. But Mary Magdalene and the other Mary remained sitting there facing the tomb. The next day, The one following the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember this imposter while still alive, said, after three days I will be raised up. Give orders then that the grave be secured until the third day, lest his disciples come and steal him. And say to the people, He has been raised from the dead. This last imposture would be worse than the first. Then Pilate said to them, The guard is yours. Go secure it as best you can. So, they went and secured the tomb by fixing a seal to the stone and setting the guard.
2: No greater love have we seen before than to lay down your life for a friend. Your sacrifice brings eternal life. This gift that you freely give, no greater love.
1: June 6, 1944, a day that the world calls in history D-Day, a day when the Allied forces, including our country, land at the beaches in Normandy to encounter Hitler's army that had a hold over Europe. And many of the brave would go forth and meet their death. But yet it began the liberation of Western Europe and changed the course of history. I started learning that maybe 20 to 30 years after that event. And there were people who were around who were able to give first account to help people know that the story was true and what happened. The farther away we get from historical events, our memory becomes a little fuzzy. In 1998, a movie called Saving Private Ryan starring Tom Hanks talked about World War II. And in the opening scene was D-Day, the storming of Normandy in northern France. And those images were so authentic that many veterans say it was very real and brought back different memories for them. And what a heroic thing that people chose to go into something they know that would cost them their lives. In Vietnam, in the 1960s, I grew up a little bit at that time, but a common word was used was drafted. Being drafted into military service, most people today would say draft compared to the NFL draft, which is no comparison. The draft is the government is saying, Your lives are required to go and to serve the country and possibly be in harm's way and possible death. It wasn't a popular war, but many people felt the call. Some didn't, and some ran away. And others somehow worked through that, and many did give their lives. It was heroic, even though it wasn't a popular war and there was no victory. That all changed from going to not really honoring Vietnam veterans till 9-11, the day that the world changed, especially for our country. And we began to notice responder, military people, people from all walks of life. We started calling them heroic because in a burning building and other of things that were happening that caused terror and fright in people, people became heroic. And we gave them the title, hero. Even now today, what our world and our country is going through, we seem to be giving the title heroes to a group of people. Those in an honorable profession of the medical field, who are going to be risking their lives in serving. And yes, we've even made heroes out of truck drivers and grocery store clerks. People who aren't always the highest paid somehow become very important to us now. And yet, it's the story of people entering into the unknown in a heroic way. And as we enter now into Holy Week, as we begin with Palm, Passion Sunday, (laughs) this is the Holy Week, the first probably in many of our lifetimes, that it isn't just the chosen few that enter into Holy Week. Everyone now does. believer and those maybe who one day will be believers. We have no choice. We are now being and following Jesus. You see, a lot of times Christians like to go around and talk about Jesus dying for our sins as if it's something they spectate and that all they have to do is sit there and receive. Jesus died for our sins. We're washed in the blood. We're all good now and we're all saved. And then it ends there. And the Gospels always invite us to do what Jesus does and did. And now we have no choice. Every Holy Week, as your pastor, I've always reminded you, take some time, remember. This is Holy Week, the best week. This is the Super Bowl week of all Christians. And yet, we still got to bring kids to their functions. We still got to go earn a living. We still have to live our normal lives. And now... As we're forced to slow down, maybe our thoughts can turn into entering the unknown. In the ancient Mediterranean world, honor and shame were very important. And for the early believers of Jesus, the shame part came across Jesus. Paul, in the scriptures, would call it a stumbling block. And the stumbling block is a question that even you and I might ask today. If Jesus is from the son of God, is the son of God and is from God and being watched over by God, why did he die such a shameful death? A death only reserved to criminals. What shame. And if we were the early followers, this is what we would be telling people about Jesus. That Really, whatever he did doesn't matter because it all ended in failure. What an embarrassment. What shame. Only bad criminals are killed. And yet, Jesus works through that shame by listening to the Father. Jesus is receiving the greatest honor from the Father, being raised from the dead. In spite of being seen as a shameful act and a failure. And so Jesus enters into his city. Knowing that it's going to cost him his very life. Many of us now are entering that city of Jerusalem. Knowing it's going to cost us. We're praying. And we're trying to journey with you who are worried economically. This is going to hurt. Those of you who are raising teens who eat like horses, huh? A lot of my players do at Sunny Slope too. How are you providing enough food all the time? How are you providing enough supplies? When you go to the stores, we're used to eating whatever we want that comes to mind, and now we have to plan differently. We're lacking in some things. Is there going to be enough money to make rent? How am I going to support my family? The, the feelings, because feelings are neither right or wrong, we're going to feel shame because we can't provide enough. Well, how are we going to keep this business going? The fear that we're going to enter into Jerusalem, and we don't know how it's going to end, that are we going to catch the virus? Are we going to die? Are our loved ones going to die? Well, what's going to happen? Is there enough ventilators? And we can get all worked up on that. And there's a lot to be fearful and feel for anxiety about, but yet, what does God do to Jesus? knowing that it's going to bring a shameful death, all God does is give Jesus the highest honor, being raised from the dead. So when you and I now are worried and wondering and entered into the unknown of Jerusalem, I want you to remember the honor that you have and that I have. The title, Son and Daughters of God, given to us at our very baptism, A title that no matter what we struggle with in life, is never taken away. The church sometimes, people who are so religious, and even church authority, somehow have the false belief that they can take that title away from people. And even when people don't love themselves, they give themselves horrible titles. Ex-Catholic, former believer, atheist. Thank goodness God doesn't see honor that way. We give shame to other people when we say, your lives are not conforming. And that's not what witnesses do. Witnesses remind that our title is still with us, even in our darkest moments, even in our moments of doubt, even in our moments when we make wrong decisions in our lives. God isn't done with us yet. And so, in this time that we enter Holy Week and Passion Sunday, God's asking for two things. First of all, he's ready to lift us from the dead. And all that requires is giving your hand. You just can't sit there and say, God, why are you forcing me to go through this? Uh, I'm a believer. I, I, I go to church all the time. I pray all the time. Why are you allowing this to happen? And all that God, who's ready to give us that honor of eternal life, says, one, reach out your hand. And two, listen. That's the only two things God is asking of us now. Hold out your hands and listen. When you and I love someone, we listen differently We think we're listening, but sometimes we kind of, our minds are elsewhere. But real love is to be able to listen. When you and I love someone, because I know we all do, there are certain people we listen more to others. And hopefully it's a deep love. And that's what God is asking us. And so, you and I are in Holy Week by force now. Rich or poor, important or simple, whether you realize it or not, we're all entering Holy Week. And God's asking two things. Hold out your hand. Remember your title, Son and Daughter of God, no matter where you're at in your life. And two, listen. Please stand. And, re- and seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. At our very baptism, we received another title that we are priestly people, priests means mediator between God and people. And so now we stand before the Lord, praying on behalf of everyone on the face of the earth.
0: For Pope Francis and all clergy, may they continue to lead the universal church through today's suffering into the resurrection to come.
2: Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
0: For all public officials worldwide, may God give them the wisdom to find solutions for the COVID pandemic and well-trained tongues to communicate those solutions to their weary populations.
2: Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
0: For children whose loved ones are medical professionals, First responders and food service providers, may the Lord grant peace to counter fears and anxieties.
2: Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
0: For those who live alone and lack comfort with technology, may they feel the loving presence of their friends and families despite physical distance.
2: Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
0: For our St. Patrick Catholic community, may we continue to derive strength from being grounded in prayer and mission as we continue to support each other from a distance. And for those preparing to enter our community in the initiation process, may they know of our care and prayers.
2: Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
0: For those who are ill, may they know the comfort of the Lord. Marissa Dowin, Alicia Hubert. And for those whose suffering on earth has ended, may they now rejoice in the kingdom of God. Jim Dixon. Juanita Mercedes Bermudez Morea. Jeff Sneddon. Greg Carnicle.
2: Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer.
1: And for those in tension deep within our hearts. Lord God, not only the petitions mentioned out loud, but every petition deep within the hearts of men and women here today. Answer our prayers always according to your compassionate way. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission.